To another edition of Let Me Tell You Something. I'm your co-host, Lorcan Mullen, and with me as always is my co-host, Simon Cross. Watch every match that we can find that Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer has given five stars or higher. And now we're in the days where as long as you've got a New Japan World subscription, you're pretty much set. We are off to the races. This is the ninth, ma- eighth match, sorry, of a ten-match run. Uh, sorry, the ninth match of a ten-match run of uh, New Japan matches that Dave Meltzer has given five stars. It's featuring two already mainstays of the show, and it's an event that will really become a worker's paradise as far as generating five-star matches over the next few years. Simon, what are we talking about today? Uh, We're talking about the G1 Climax in 2016, and we're talking about a match between uh, Kazuchika Okada and the Stone Pitbull Tomohiro Ishii. It's faction civil war. Uh... This time, as it is, this is the equivalent of in 1987, uh, the uh, there being a big tournament being fought between, and this is like a, a semi-final match between Ric Flair and Arn Anderson, basically. If you want to give an, an equivalence of it, well, he doesn't uh, like an enforcer, is she? Yeah, well, exactly it. that, and also at this point, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura has left New Japan, and as such as is sent as basically handed off full leadership of the group to Kazuchika Okada, or at least symbolic in-ring leadership. Kazuchika Okada's not seen as necessarily one of, like, a gang leader or anything like yeah. that in the same mould as, like, Naito is with Los Ingobernables or uh, AJ Styles, Prince Devitt, Kenny Omega and Jay White have been to the Bullet Club. Um, he's pretty much concerned himself with his stuff and lets the rest of the Chaos guys do their thing. Yeah, very but- hands-off manager. Yeah, this has been something that's basically been how New Japan's been structured for the longest time, that there are factions of sorts, but it's like a collective, and it's more as anything, I think, to give them all obvious teammates, regular teammates to have when they do the house show loops or non-main event matches and they're being put into tag teams. At least it makes sense Mm. who they're being put with. Uh, I think it's around this time that some of the chaos teams start to mingle with like the New Japan affiliated guys. You know, your your, your Hiroshi Tanahashi's. Well, sometimes that whole group of New Japan wrestlers not affiliated to any group are referred to as Taguchi Japan because the junior heavyweight Ryosuke Taguchi does like a mock rugby coach leader as a gimmick, and it's so <laughs> so it's like a semi comical way of doing things. As right. is how Taguchi works these days. Um, but yeah, this is... So, as a result, these guys will not fight each other in any environment other than a G1 Climax or a New Japan Cup. So, these sort of matches are exceedingly rare. This is the first... This is only the third time Okada and Ishii have faced each other. The two previous ones being G1 Climax matches in 2013 and 2015. Both of which Okada has won. So Okada's going into this as the clear leader of the group, the ace of the company, IWGP heavyweight champion, G1 Climax winner two times in a row or two times already. And Ishii, the highest accolade he's achieved 
is like a never open weight title and IWGP heavyweight tag team runs. He's still respected, and the G1 climax is now essentially at this point Ishii's um, like current year highlight because he can be relied upon to have these incredible matches. I think one of the reasons that it works for Ishii is that thirty-minute time limit draw structure requires the matches very often to be a lot more on the shorter side yeah. unless it's the main event of the night which maybe will go we usually go over 20 minutes but everyone in the g1 clans will only be expected to do maybe three or four of those at most if you're like an okada or a kenny omega or a naito so otherwise you're usually wrestling matches that are around somewhere between 12 to 20 minutes at the most and that sort of tomohiro ishii's um best environment for him to work in yeah like if i had to put it in cricketing terms he's a white ball cricketer not a red mm. ball cricketer mm. um I, I don't know if it's uh his ability necessarily or the all the fact because he's such a powerful man maybe the explosiveness mm. uh makes could make it harder for him if he were to go into deeper water in terms of match length mm. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just speculating wildly. Perhaps he has got the ability and I've just not seen it. But what I do know is when I've seen him in previous episodes, um, I I love the explosive pace he puts into a match. Mm. And we're pretty much seeing... It's it's pretty much the same thing from Jump Street in this match, yeah. wouldn't you say? He, he, he just tries to um, swarm Okada early doors. I think I lost you there, Simon, for a sec. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can. Super. You were just in the middle of praising Ishii, so if you want to just repeat yourself a bit there. Yeah. So, um, what I admire most about Ishii is this explosive <coughs> nature that he that he brings to the party. He um, and it's what he's doing here. He's trying to swarm Okada from the early bell. Yeah. Um, trying to, he's almost trying to stop a wrestling match develop. He's he's just trying to absolutely overwhelm Okada before Okada's ability can kick in. Also, that makes sense? Yeah, I get that. But also Okada does um, trigger him very early on because he does that cocky, you know, he pushes him up to the ropes, showing his physical dominance early on because of his height and everything. And then he just gives that cocky slap to Ishii's chest yeah. In the past, we've seen guys like lash out with a forearm or a slap or what have you. But with this one, uh, Ishii just gives this look of, you are lucky we're partners. Because if anyone else had done that to me, <laughs> I'd have killed them. And Ishii does very quickly try to kill him with a soon after that with a lariat and a sliding lariat that both get very long two counts. Um, and he attempts a brain buster that uh, uh, Okada's able to escape and he, like you say, he tries to refer, return fire with the Rainmaker trying to put that sense of, because they're right, wrestling a long tournament, they do want to see if they can get an early finish if at all possible. Um, yeah. You really want to keep something in the tank for the later rounds. But yeah, um, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, what I like after that is um, Ishii just doesn't seem out of his depth against Okada. Um, this is a really good way of showcasing uh, I'm just adding in the Ishii sound to other words now uh, it's a really great way of showcasing uh, Ishii's um, ability uh, and it's sort of 
makes me appreciate it on a new level, the fact that he's able to go like this against Okada from like a storyline perspective. Yeah. And it's also, I think one of the things that's also interesting is this idea that um, neither of them are used to each other as opponents, and so some of their stuff maybe surprises them, or they don't know, you know, like, Okada's had the luxury of not knowing what an Ishii uh, clothesline actually feels like, because he's never yeah. been in a match against him for, if ever, or if he has a very long time ago. And similarly, uh, Ishii doesn't know what a drop kick from Okada feels like. And also, maybe they don't know each other's moves as well as they should do in a, in a, in an in-match perspective, you know? Mm. You think you know how your um, teammate operates, like your stable mate. You do, but you, you're also not necessarily fighting that person, so you don't necessarily know the right reversals or escapes yeah. of them. It just depends on how they want to tell the story. Tell the story, because you, you, know. you, could you could have flipped it the other way, so mm. because he knows how he operates he mm. knows how to counter how it's, he operates well, that's, you know, just, that was this... just one of my notes very early on after Okada hit a, a, one of his draping DDTs to Ishii on the outside because very early it also becomes you know what we were going to take it a little bit easier on each other but no we're too prideful to do that we're going to beat the, the sound that makes other. as well yeah, oh. yeah. Oh. Um, but that oh, was one of my sure. notes uh, hitting all the moves without many reversals in the early stages whereas we're used to Tanahashi and Okada having counters to counters as it were yeah. other than ducking the, the their trademark moves the slide you know of um, like the, the or trying to escape the brain buster and the rainmaker everything else they're pretty much hitting flush first time and also yeah. Okada does um try to play Ishii his own game at one point as far as he challenges him to uh, keep chopping him and Ishii yeah yeah okay and then just knocks him down and Okada again like I said it kind of surprises Okada because he's never had to take these chops before Mm. I think that's like the prideful nature of Okada I think he revels in the idea of beating someone at their own thing yeah Um, as we've seen in the Tanahashi matches yeah Absorbing everything that they give him, and then saying, "I've got more in the in the tank, in the yeah. locker, in whatever Americanism you want to use." That thing you define yourself by, I'm better at it than you. Mm. But yeah, like I said, so much of this is Ishii just not because it's so such a great character. It's, it's in a weird way, it is a shame that they're on opposite sides because this, the idea of the cocky one who who knows it all against the angry. Uh, <laughs> aggressive guy. It's like you know. It's like if you want to say like clashing characteristics. It would be like Cristiano Ronaldo uh, battling Roy Keane over ninety minutes on the pitch or something. <laughs> like that, you know. Yeah. It would be fascinating. So in a way, that it is a shame that they're teammates. So we don't get this match like maybe once every nine months or so for a long term rivalry for the IWGP mm. Heavyweight Title because they probably could have a great rivalry as as you know compelling characters but the you know the new japan adherence to long-term storytelling and character consistency and just clear organizational this group of guys never fights each other but they team up this group of guys fights each never fights each other and they team up etc 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 yeah uh the structure of it uh, you're right it is a shame because these guys seem to have really good chemistry Mm. um which sometimes when stable mates turning uh, not well the alternative is like when they turn and go against each other. Sometimes it's underwhelming. Mm. Um, I found in certain cases, but these guys just click. It, mm. th- this is just really good. Yeah. Like, is there an alarm going off? Smooth. Near you? No, no alarm. Uh. Hang on. One sec. 
That's alright, I just heard a little ringing sound. Doesn't matter. Cool. <clears throat> oh, where was I? But yeah, they're just um, hitting, like I say, they're hitting all their trademark moves great. Ishii again does that top rope superplex where he almost makes it a hanging vertical suplex for like a split second. Like there's a much slower rotation off the top, which is so dangerous but looks so cool. And, you know, if you have that short squat power that I guess he has, a low center of gravity, that makes it a more easy move to do. Yeah. I'm not saying it's easy, but it makes it easier. He's, um,. As I say, his strength just gives him the ability to do stuff that looks a lot cooler than um, the average when the average person does it. Mm. One of the things I um, I like to, um, just to skip back to a little bit of an earlier point is when um, Okada's sort of running at him and he does like this scoop power slam thing, and it just looks so explosive because of his like short squat power base. The word of today is explosive. Explosive. <laughs> he does another one that was like a dangerous-looking move, uh, and as long as he's got his, you know, his balance is all right, then he was able to do it. But he goes to do a running power bomb to uh, Okada at one point, but at the point he's lifting Okada up, he's really close to the ropes on one side. Yeah. And because of how the momentum goes with a power bomb, if they'd have, you know, it, it was very similar in a way to what happened to Batista. Uh, when he tried to do the uh, Batista bomb to John Cena at the Royal Rumble, and they both end up flying over the top rope together. Oh, yes. Yeah, I remember. There was a moment where, because of where she had him, it was like all he needed to do was have to take one step backwards, and he's caught up in the ropes, and that could have been a very dangerous Problematic. moment for them both, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, really, some really good long counts as well in this match. Quite a lot of uh, long two counts that get people... On the edge of their seat, thinking it's going to be the end. Oh yeah, another good. You know how we were saying in the previous episode how uh, the cool thing Okada did to try to reverse the um, the cloverleaf or to prevent the cloverleaf from happening. When Okada yeah. goes for the tombstone pile driver, Ishii's answer to it is to just stomp on Okada's feet. Yeah, I, I do like that. Just to um, get, gain any like quick form of separation because uh, Ishii's aware of obviously what Okada brings to the table in terms of his um, signature moves. And I like his Rainmaker evasion uh, towards the tail end of this match. It's, whenever he sees it coming, it's just duck, dive, dodge, zip. Or, it's just, or headbutt. Or headbutt. <laughs> but yeah, this is it. He blends the two. He blends his athletic, uh, his surprising agility for a man of his frame with his just stone pit bull nature. Oh yeah, another spot that I think is great as far as the the characters, Okada's cocky nature against Ishii's no nonsense pitbull yeah. attack is a moment that you might have seen uh, trawling around of gifts of Okada or little clips without necessarily having watched the whole match, which is Okada doing his trademark rainmaker pose with a camera coordinated pullback, but in the midst of that, you're expect you know it's your usual sort of tableau pose for Okada to hold for a couple of seconds in the camera yeah. Ishii just gets up and chops Okada in the chest I did love that bit so like a comedy spot almost within this match yeah just like no you don't <laughs> I I have seen you do this to so many people and I but you don't do this to me Ishii yeah <laughs> you know. absolutely clips him as well um, and I think because Ishii 
there's a there's a bit where he engages in like the uh, the mockery uh, early doors where he, um Okada's grounded and he's doing those little like shit out yeah 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 head. but i think that was kind of the sign and i should i did make a note of that i should have said that earlier but that was a sign of like you know what we are going to get in each other's heads we aren't gonna, this isn't going to be a friendly this yeah. is a g1 climax fight and i'm going to beat you up as if you were not a teammate yeah i, I am competing against you yeah yeah ultimately. there is a prize at stake you know this isn't just something to kill time this matters speaking of almost killing the the finishing sequence is absolutely insane. Where uh, Okada goes, uh, where Ishii goes for the rain, uh, goes for the brainbuster. Okada escapes, goes for a tombstone. Ishii reverses that and does a sit out tombstone pile driver. Oh yeah. I think you just always can't help but have visions of Owen Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin when you see that done. Yeah, I mean, thankfully, Ishii's thighs are thick with, like, two Cs, uh, <laughs> to quote the kids these days. So there, there's a good chance that Okada's head never was going to get close to the map. And this is the kind of finish that you get a lot in Japanese wrestling, but you haven't really had as much in our series since the King's Road uh, matches of all Japan, where he has to hit him with more stuff. And it's not that like it goes into a finishing sequence where whoever hits the next move is going to win, which is how a lot of... G1 climax matches start to finish as it goes on. Yeah. But with this one, it's just he's gradually chopping down that tree. The Owen driver doesn't do it. Then he does one of his running lariats, and that gets a really, really long two counts. And Ishii has this fantastic look of exasperation. But like I said, it's not milked like an Undertaker tombstone WrestleMania <laughs> thing. Confused face. Another, yeah. like, big gif. It's just like, okay, we've got to start again. Gets him up, hits the brain buster, Gets the three count for the first time ever. Ishii gets a win over Okada. See one of the, but that doesn't. Things... But also that doesn't mean that he would like very often in the G1 climax. Who the champion loses to in the in the block stages is who they will face against in um the in, in title defenses in between that and Wrestle Kingdom. But obviously with this one, Ishii will not challenge his teammates. Yeah. I really. Uh... Because I um, I try wherever possible not to know the results of what we're watching. I I genuinely was surprised. I was quite I was shocked. I it, well, it really swept me up the finish, and it. I actually found myself just going, "God, son!" At the top of my voice, <laughs> in a room where it's just me, and I was like, "Right, okay." <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, and as as Ishii was being led away, he didn't he didn't wait for the handshake or anything. But there is a look on his face of like, ah. Might screw up our team there. Yeah. <laughs> like, so Carter does have to be carried away. He's going uh, to be mad at me. Yeah. Well, there is that thought of like, shit, does that mean our group might lose the IWGP title uh, soon if I've actually hurt him, you know? Yeah. But yeah. I guess also the competitive element of him, even though he's got that look on his face, that you, you could convey it subtly with going, ah. Oh. Oh, I, I, I've been the champ. Mm. Okay. But like I said, he knows he can't. He, he within he can't within the etiquette of his group, he can't challenge for the title. But still, as a competitor, he can yeah, feel, yeah. Yeah. I've got, I've pinned the champ. But it's that sign of like, Ishii is heavyweight title contendership worthy. Yeah. And so very often when Okada isn't the champion, one of the first challenges that that new champ will face is Ishii. He's like, like the... Um... Like the recovery vehicle that Okada's hmm. group sends out to try and like get it back, basically. Sure. Um, he's the Andy Murray 
of the of uh, you know in that he's not quite up there with the top three, but he will win a Masters every you know, yeah. a Grand Slam every once in a while if he's given the chance. I, I genuinely do wonder if she has a heavyweight title reign in him, a short one or something. You know, maybe they'll give him one as like um, like a, a, a thank you for everything you've done to the company kind of thing at some Possibly. point. But that's not really New Japan's way. They don't really do that sort of sentimental mm. stuff. Although he's never won the Intercontinental title, so maybe that's something he could get. Um, yeah, like they've only had one match since this. You know, this is four years ago and they, uh, three years ago, sorry. And they've only had one match since this in the New Japan Cup. Uh, okay. Okada won. Ah. So, Okada at the moment has a record of three and one against Ishii. But this is the one of the four that we're seeing in this series. And Simon, is it the one that you're going to give five stars to? Uh, I am going to give this five stars. I really, really, really loved this match. And um, I'm becoming a, a quite a big Ishii and Okada fan. Uh, and this is just like another layer that cemented how much I like these two performers. I'm not quite there with this one for five stars. Okay, that's understandable. Like, I can... It's one of those where it's not like, what are you mad? Are you utterly mad if you don't give it? Yeah. Um, I I think I've just got a bit of a um, Ishii love. Yeah, a little bit of Ishii love and a little bit of soft spot for just two people wailing on each other when it's done like this. Well, you've got it's done well. It's beautiful. You've got plenty of Ishii matches, which involve people wailing on each other to come uh, in the future. Did you give the Shibata match five stars? Um, I will just double check my. Don't think you did. No, I think that jumped the shark a little, a little too much for me. Do you think that um, maybe Okada giving a slightly different flavour to proceedings maybe helped? Yes, that mix yeah. of styles and characters was a bit. Yeah, I think that did. I think that was a better blend. Um, and I just seem to think when I see Okada go against some, there's something about Okada he can plug in mm. with what I've seen to pretty much anyone. Yeah, pretty seamlessly. Well, um, which for the ace of the company is what you want. You want a guy of, who can work yeah. with everyone. Well, we are now reaching the final 10th match of our 10 match run of New Japan wrestling matches. Don't worry, though, ladies and gentlemen, after the next one non New Japan match we have, we've got another eight of these fuckers to go uh, straight <laughs> after. Uh, it's the same event. It's still the G1 Climax one week later, so a very short gap between these two five-star matches. Simon, what is our next... Actually, that's interesting, because all the previous matches have usually had gaps of like a, at least 100 days for the longest time. But this one is going to be the opposite situation. So, Simon, what match are we talking about now that took place a mere seven days later? Uh, so this is a uh, debut appearance for both men in this match. Uh, as Kenny Omega takes on, uh, I just want to make sure I get this right because you're quite fond of him, uh, Tetsuya Naito. It's the leaders of the Bullet Club and Los Ingobernables de Apon facing yeah. off against one each other. Now, Lorcan's always had a bit of a soft spot for Naito whenever we've talked about him, um, I feel. And this is I was this is why I was looking forward to this match specifically to see what Naito's about. So, I'm, Well, if I'm people really... want to get in touch with you, Simon, to tell you what Naito's all about, how can they do that? Uh, they can get in touch with me on Twitter, where I'm sending a Simon Cross free. Free for the number of times um, Ishii landed a lariat. I thought Okada's head might detach from his body in this match. Mm. My name's Lorcan Mullen. That's L-O-R-C-A-N-M-U-L-L-A for the A at the end of Okada. Uh, N for... Noggin Knocker, because 
good lord, some of the headbutts that uh, Ishii implements. I know I've used Noggin Knocker before, but I'm thinking of this up on the spot. You don't expect <laughs> notes and work ahead of time from me, do you? Do you? <laughs> anyway. Hello, Lorcan Mullen is my Twitter handle, Instagram, Facebook, Letterboxd. If you want to give me an email, it's at gmail.com at the end of Lorcan Mullen. Uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, it's lmtyspod at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is also lmtys. You can also look us up on Facebook where we'll make some posts one day. Um, and you can listen to my other show, Best of Worst of British, uh, if you want to listen to me and two other guys, not Simon, discuss bad British movies. Uh, there's nothing left to say at this point, I don't think, is there, Simon? There is not, except, except for... My name's Lorcan Mullen. And my name's Simon Cross. Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a five-star time. Until next time.